0: What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? This is Mike from the Comic Boogies podcast, joined by Mark, Sean, and a special guest this week. Uh, But first, our sponsor, Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Today is new comic book day. Go see Alex. Go get your stack. He can help you any way you want. But Alex is actually on the show tonight. So Alex, the owner of Treasure Island Comics, our generous sponsor. Sir, how are you this week? It's it's a pleasure to have you on again.
1: Good, good. Just tired. It's been a long week already. A lot of books out this week, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah,
2: uh, the worst part, this managed this Wednesday. But hey, two more days left in the week, so hopefully you have a good <laughs> weekend coming up. Anything planned this weekend, Alex?
1: I think we're doing gardening on Sunday. I think it's. I think well, it's not freezing exciting. overnight. So yeah, I'll be doing all the heavy stuff. So, but uh, we plant a ton of tomatoes, and you got to wait till it doesn't freeze overnight; otherwise, your tomatoes will die. So
3: yeah. It could yeah. be worse, though, Alex, right? I mean, have, uh, at least you got your books in on time. I know these last couple of weeks on and off, sometimes you have to drive over to UPS uh, Wednesday morning to try to get these books out to the loyal customers, but it uh, seems like this week you were uh, you get to dodge that experience.
1: Well, that's uh, that's all due to the weather, man, unfortunately. You know, when they, when they we get that bad weather in the Midwest, it slows everything down by at least a day, so... I'm happy when that doesn't happen, though, for sure.
0: Yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> I actually want to say congratulations cuz you are officially our first guest uh, live uh, recording an episode. So everyone li- yeah, so Congrats. everyone listening in, you know, everyone listening in, we are on YouTube and on Twitch. But um but yeah, so I mean, speaking of comic books, like you said, plenty of books came out this week. I'd like to get into a few just to kind of uh, highlight sure. them and then we can actually get into a conversation about what, you know, what we've liked and what we're excited for. So over on the DC side this week, uh, Batman 107, the Swamp Thing mm-hmm. number 2 joker and harley criminal sanity that's the end of that story for mark number eight the next batman second son number one and green lantern number one a few new stories uh on the marvel side and maybe amazing amazing spider-man 63 venom 34 immortal hulk number 45 avengers 44 and king in black number five and then yeah we have a bunch from all of these small publishers. We have fear case three over at dark horse, noctara. One of my favorite stories, actually just based off of the first issue. Hopefully two is good over an image. Geiger one, the silver coin. Number one, uh, boom studio, seven secrets is back. Buffy, the vampire slayer, number 24, uh, scout comics, Locust number one, AWA casual fling three, and the Resistance uprising—a new story in that kind of world starts today. And then this is the first book I wanted to get into. So this Bad Idea Comics Eniac number two. So this was like a—it's yeah. like a huge thing. And and you gave out another uh, badge for uh, another one from Bad Idea uh, Comics. So what's your so what's your fascination with it? A connection to it? Like what's going on with Bad Idea Comics?
1: They're um. They're, they're trying very, very aggressively to get everybody's attention in, for their comic books. And I think they're being very successful. They're putting out really, really good books. The, I mean, if you just judge the books on paper quality alone, they're blowing doors on everybody. If for $4, it's like an $8 book nowadays. It's unbelievable paper quality, which is a trip to see, especially yeah, contrasted with like Marvel, who puts, puts zero effort into their paper stock. It's like the worst paper going in comics right now, is Marvel Comics. And then their covers is a zero cover, which is like how you did it in the old days where you didn't have a specific cover stock. And so I, I'm constantly disappointed with Marvel's cover stock. It, it's not very strong or sturdy at all. Um, DC occasionally will do the cardboard cover or a thicker cover stock, which is much appreciated. Um, but yeah, that idea, it's like, it's like on crazy glossy paper. It's heavy duty. It, it feels uh, significant. And the, the quality on those books is very, very high so far it's good i mean like any act two, if if anybody read number one it's the, the it's the computer that was uh, running our defense back in the old days um it's a pretty paranoid story by matt kent it's fantastic so far and then tanker is also uh, venditti it's basically um an oil company goes back in time to create more oil reserves for the future but since it's time travel they cock it all up it's just a goddamn mess and it's hyper violent so it's, it was fun fun first issue nice uh, and then yeah. how- didn't ahead, a lucky Mark.
3: customer win something, uh, Treasure Island the, the, today, from Bad the, Idea?
1: Yeah, the first guy, uh, like when ENIAC number one came out, they made a special badge for the first guy who actually grabbed the book. And then same thing with Tankers number one. They, the first guy that bought it, came up and bought it, uh, got the badge. And, uh, I mean, to be fair, everybody wants that badge. Everybody wants it. Only one dude got it. He beat everybody to it. You know, it's, it's a fun little promo. It definitely gets people talking about it. Um I mean, no publicity hurts for for the publisher, so they're they're happy to keep those things going.
3: But but don't get it twisted. They're, that's not just one copy that they have because there is a second copy, and it could be a digital copy of that, which is in an NFT form. But uh, if the oh guy, uh, if people want it, you can get it. <laughs> the guy can make money off selling a digital copy since he's got the hard one. So
1: man, yeah. NFTs. I'm already sick of that shit. I don't know. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> to me. It makes me feel old because that's ridiculous. I mean, I. Um,
3: that's something I, I we could probably ask I know we were going to talk about books real quick but I do kind of sure. want to ask you since it is like kind of big into like the sports cards and all that the Nfts and we even see the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame trying to get in on it even Playboy uh, is trying oh, to get sure. in on the Nfts Do you see there a market for, I mean, we got some pretty nice comics laying around here. Mike, even you, even more than Mike, you know, so you think that somehow, some way that the comic book industry is going to enter this NFT market in any way possible?
1: Oh, yeah, I think it's going to happen. I think Mike Deodato, the artist in, I think he's in Brazil. I think he's doing Mm -hmm. NFTs already. I think he was served a cease and desist for using DC characters because I think DC is going to be introducing their own NFTs to the market.
2: Of course. Um,
1: of course, right. I mean, I, I expect corporate America to be all over it. Uh, to be to be blunt, I mean, that's this is just that's corporate synergy for them to make money every every goddamn way. So, um, it's weird. I, I don't understand it very much. I, I know, like, I follow people uh, on Instagram. One well, of the few guys I follow on Instagram because I like his art. He just sold that that uh, thing at auction for was like sixty three million dollars or sixty nine million dollars. Was the first five thousand images put into like a mosaic? Yeah, oh, and it's wild, right? Because I mean, I. I have access to every one of those images on Instagram already, but I didn't have to pay $600 million <laughs> exactly. for it. So <laughs> it's kind of bonkers to me. Uh, bonkers being the word of the month for me. Like Everything's bonkers now. But uh, it's weird, man. I, I think I mentioned a mark in the shop. I, I don't understand NFTs very well. I don't think that they're marking it towards me per se exactly, but I think the dumb, obvious, smart move is to back Ethereum because that's the currency the, the currency that backs it as part of the blockchain. So I think – That couldn't hurt. I have invested in Ethereum myself, so um, maybe I'm plugging it right now. I don't know. Maybe I don't know, but
0: uh, (laughs) I think you know,
1: cryptocurrency is not going anywhere. Uh, Trading in the backbone of it has probably got some value for people looking to make money off of it.
0: And then like colliding it on the sports and Sean, isn't there a football player who's like selling NFTs of like his highlights or something?
3: Isn't there? I, f- I
0: forgot. I think Taylor Raps
1: from the Rams did it. I think a couple other guys doing it. Like LeBron had that dunk that was. I think a NFT. couple guys doing it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, I know Luke Garza, the NCAA Player of the Year out of yeah. Iowa. He did something where it's gonna the the money proceeds are gonna go to some children's or and then not only is it gonna be some digital NFT stuff, their kid is gonna be able or the whoever who wins it gonna be able to spend some time with him and whatnot. So everyone's gonna try uh, to put the. Everyone's going to try to put these packages together and whatnot. But uh, Mm. yeah, it it is the craze right now, man. Kind of hard to get those three little letters out of uh, any news lately, especially if you pay attention to like the markets and business and corporate America, Mm. like you said, Alex. So yeah.
0: So let's go ahead. So round Robin, um, all four of us, like what did you read from last week that you liked? Um, Anything this week that we like um, that we're excited for? Like anything, let's just spitzball some stuff.
2: I know uh, in an earlier text with Mark, he did mention how Flash was, and I-, I agreed with Mike. You know, Flash was definitely better than what it has been lately. I know it focused on uh Wally stuck in basically time travel, going into the past. A little sign of the Justice League, and so just in general, like, the story. We're you know going to see if the new arc is going to focus about Wally being lost in time, but. I'll definitely say Flash, just cuz it was a lot better than what it has been. Mark's been definitely anti-Flash lately. has not been a big fan, but <laughs> no, it was it was much needed to have a pretty good uh, issue.
3: Alex, you have anything that you've read that you're that you're Last into? Week? Last Any week? or, or no. that you like this week that you've or or
1: they, anything that well, it. I it's think it's he's senior, already you know? read
3: He's already read what he wanted to for this week, so he can give spoilers now.
1: Well, no, I won't give any spoilers, right? Um, I'll, go, I'll go backwards a week a little bit. Shadecraft, I thought was a really good first issue. I like that a lot. The art was tremendous. It looks like a guy named, uh, very reminiscent of a guy named Dale Keown, who I'm a big fan of, who uh, was a big artist in the 80s and 90s. I thought that was a really sharp issue uh department of truth has been reprinting like crazy i i love the shit out of that book i i love that book i tell everybody it's like x files but modern, that's my sure right X-Files. there <laughs> Oh, dude, do that book, the last issue was crazy good yeah um, with like
0: like actually seeing like aliens like oh like what the oh, hell Oh yeah
1: No, uh, i i i love me that book um the king in black stuff's kind of hilarious i've been reading that just to be able to talk to people but that's not exactly my kind of events i i tell people like i'm not a i'm not the biggest Venom fan i love the way Venom looks but i have a hard time with that character because i'm old cause i'm 50 so he doesn't speak <laughs> to me um i thought silk number one was the first uh, as a was the first solid issue last week um God, what else do we have Nuclear Family, which is good. Which book was okay? That was that was okay. I'm not the target audience for that one either, but that's a high quality book. Um, uh, I, you know, he's got the other history of DC Universe, which has been killer so far as well. That's been really did good. Did
0: you read the Did you read the Katana one? Because that's like the only one that I haven't picked up because it usually yeah. takes me a while to finish. Okay,
1: I, I, I like that book. I, that's a that's a good book. I think it's an important book to put out, especially in these days, just to show people a different perspective on history and and how it affects people of color. That's yep. a a lot of us take that shit for granted, right? Because if you don't have to think about it, you don't worry about it unless you're you you know you're active or you're worried about being an advocate or being concerned or being positive. But for a lot of folks, I think it's the first time they, they get to see some of these kind of storylines. I think that's good.
3: Mm-hmm. What did you say about Nuclear Family? I was going to bring that one up actually as one that I'm into. You said it was a Target yeah.
1: book? Uh, or, uh, no, no, I don't think it's a Target, target book. Well, oh, no, I've seen for, for
3: – uh, You said Nuclear Family. That's a –
1: Nuclear Family. That that book's cool. Independence, I, I've been saying this a lot around the shop lately. I think you both heard me say this. I think independents um, are just doing a much better job than DC and Marvel in general. Um, there's multiple reasons for it. I mean, part of it with uh, Marvel and DC is they're they're doing serialized content, like long drawn out soap operas for these characters, and sometimes it's hard to jump on. You know, you don't know the right place to jump on because it's, you're going to break in midstream, and that's that's frustrating. You know, but with the independent stuff, I think the quality has been just lights out man they're trying so hard to get everybody's attention they're putting out quality books um they're generally easier books to get into because you're not worried about a prehistory to to understand you can just get in and enjoy it i think it's very liberating for the reader at large where you don't have to worry about like you know what happened 20 issues ago what happened 20 years ago and so i feel like it's kind of like the 80s i'm gonna uh, reminisce and be old an old guy here for a second we saw a huge boom for independent comic books in the 80s early 80s Mid '80s and then late '80s. And the mid '80s, of course, gave us the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and those guys have been around forever at this point. Late '80s was the the seeds of Image were planted, basically with Malibu and those guys. uh, You know, basically, uh, you know, making all their bread at Marvel and splitting and creating Image. And again, we're seeing a lot of independent guys. I mean, these are guys that Marvel and DC brought up or discovered, broke in, and they're leaving Marvel and DC. They're going to Image. They're going to Boom has been a big recipient, Um, and they're putting out really, really good books. I mean, just really good books. Something that's Killed the Children is a fantastic book. That's a consistent, great seller for me. Um, James Tiny, anything the guy does right now, I think is fantastic. I push him a lot in the shop. Um, but, how much, but it's liberating you how know, much, to, to get into the book.
3: How much does it have to do with, obviously, they can probably venture out more on their own and write more of what they want to do, not being held down to some big-time editor over at DC or Marvel, right?
1: I think I think that's a big part of it. Right. You you know, they get to kind of, you know, these guys are, they're creative people. And I, and I've met plenty of artists and writers over the years where, you know, even a lot of artists are very creative. They want to have, write some stories because every, I mean, comic books is very open, right? Anybody can do it if you really want to. And, um, you see a lot of guys maybe had kicked ideas around at Marvel or DC. Maybe they didn't get picked up because they didn't fit into the long narrative or whatever. But they get to their independent book, and you know there's a little bit of risk on them for sure because they have to market it and sell it and, and engage. But I think the, the quality level right now is just really high in independent books. I think the value, the perceived value is also higher in independent books because, you know, like I think I said this last time, right? You could read Thor in like gosh, five to seven minutes, and I, I kind of hate that, that you'd read so fast. Um, but you could read a book like uh, Geiger, which is New this week from Jeff Johns and, and uh Gary Frank and it, it's tremendous, man. It was a good solid read. It didn't, it wasn't over quick. A, the artwork gorgeous. It, it just, to be fair, it felt like there's better value in that book this week to me than than something you're reading from Mar- most things you read from Marvel or DC. That being said, I thought Batman is just killer. Batman's been on a tear since Tiny got on. I think that book's just out of control. Awesome on that book. It's, it's worth every cent. I think That's the whole
3: story, this whole infinite frontier that has been started, I think it's been great, honestly, because like you mentioned earlier, yeah. if you're a new reader, you don't have to you don't, you don't have to worry about all these backstories, but it's right. kind of like the way they're kind of trying to revamp it. And me being mm-hmm. like a novice reader, you know, obviously, since we started this podcast, but I feel like I got in. I felt like I was getting in at such a bad time when I was reading, right? But it's kind of like the stock market. Yeah. They say the best time to get in is now. Now is always the best time, right, right? Right, right? I felt like when I was reading damn comics, I'm like, oh, I can't get in now. Batman's at 69 and Tom King's right. runs about to end and whatnot, whatnot. But you know what I did? And I'm happy that I did because it kind of gave me a different perspective of how Bruce and Alfred still – like, mm-hmm. obviously, we're into this whole different era. And, man, it's like I- I'm kind of happy that I was ap- – that I was, got to do that era. But if I didn't, you know, I'd be excited to get into this era, but I'd be like, what the hell? Bruce Wayne is broke. And he's like friends with right. Harley Quinn now. And like, it, it, it's pretty crazy. But like you said, tyan has been killing everything that he's been doing a lot oh, with man. the Joker yes. story, man.
1: I'm a big fan of that guy. I think he, I think he's tremendous. Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's, there's no bad time. I mean, sometimes you, you jump in and it's midstream and it's a little tough, right? But you want to read a book the best time to jump in is is now like you said of course Mm -hmm. waiting for the the break in the arc is is frustrating because it could work but sometimes it it doesn't necessarily work right we can all you can always go backwards you know uh, in the shop if if people don't want to go backwards i'm happy to fill them in because i'm just here to help you know i got i was telling guys all day like uh like uh sean you had asked for a locust. I didn't order any of those. And then a couple other guys asked for it. So I put a reorder in today. I'll have those in a couple weeks. Nice. And as reminding people, like, I don't order everything unless people ask. I, I really wait for a lot of people to ask first. If I have some interest, that, that shows me that there will be other interests. But uh, to be fair, like, I, I told a few folks today, like, I work for you guys. Like, if you want something I don't have it, let me know. I'm happy to get it for you. It's kind of my job, really. You know, <laughs> if, if so. As long as I can get it for you, I'm happy to do so. It's it's not any extra work. It's not difficult for me. You know, it's just just let me know. Yeah, I'm terrible at guessing. Like I said, I think last time I'm terrible at guessing, man. Like really, really shit at it. So <laughs>
0: specifically going back to last week, um, you're right. All, a lot of the independent publishers are doing overall a better job than DC and Marvel. But for me personally, I think like you know, if you want to. Jumble in image kind of kind of with DC because it's a little it's it's bigger than the other ones uh the sure. bigger boys the bigger boys like DC I thought were better last week because Sea of Sorrows over at IDW is just kind of okay and since it's only mm-hmm. like a six or seven issue miniseries I'm gonna complete this so I'm gonna go ahead and it's finish it
1: I on that I think but yeah I
0: believe so I think number I think four came out I think you're right like there's it's like one more um Dead End Kids Suburban Job was pretty good issue three <laughs> and then the finale of black of heart from source print press was pretty good it wasn't what i expected but it was okay but man look like you said with jeff johns and gary frank because i loved how doomsday clock look it was sure. just a beautiful sto- uh, 12 issue even though it took like two years to get uh, to get it It was a beautiful book.
1: Give
0: me, give me a Tom King and Clay Mann story like all day. Like this Batman Catwoman story is a beautiful, beautiful story to look at as well as read, and I'm loving it so far. Strange Adventures too with Tom King and then Mitch and Mm -hmm. and, uh, Mitch Gerard's. I I think that's. I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, Um, but that one's killer too. That that's what I liked uh, from last week. But can you settle a a debate for Gerard? Please settle a debate for us. So we were reading uh, that Infinite correct. Frontier, like the issue zero. Yes. And, of course, Batman 106 when it came back. I forgot mm-hmm. which one of those issues. I think it was the Batman one. But Nakano comes back to home at the end of the issue. And, like, hanging up behind him, it looks like hanging up is the, is the Scarecrow outfit. Is, is that something that's in his head? Or is he, is he Scarecrow? Or
1: is he Scarecrow? You know, I'm not sure how that's going to shake you out.
0: Okay, so, because I was like, tripping, I was, I was like, okay, we saw Scarecrow in that whole Infinite Frontier, like, when it kind of uh, previews what's coming in mm-hmm. Batman. I was like, okay, cool, yeah. nice, you know. Uh, Cranes, Crane's supposed
1: to be dead. He's supposed to yeah. be dead, but I don't want to spoil anything. He's not dead. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and that's because... how fear works or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: okay, so, so, but that was trippy. I was like, okay, cool, so Nakano, he's in this thing. He's fighting against vigilantes. He gets, he gets you know... Uh, elected as mayor, and then all of a sudden, boom! Now he's all like a villain. Like I could have seen it coming, yeah. but to be specific, like to be a Scarecrow, I think that was dope. Like uh, you know, yeah. it's be interesting to see what's going to happen going forward. A, a
3: little Harvey in him, little Harvey.
1: Yeah, you know, okay, into man. politics. Batman's a killer book. It's been on a run for years at this point, and and I joke with everybody. It's like the world's best selling comic book. I think Spider Man reads Batman every month. Also, it's just a huge book, and it's been clicking for a while now. What other, We've been sto- very lucky.
3: what other stories are you reading, Alex, in that Infinite frontor, front tour, Frontier uh, <laughs> <laughs> Infinite Frontier saga?
1: You know, I did not. I didn't read Flash. I'd sold out of it. I got restocks in this week, and I didn't get a chance to read it. I didn't, want, I didn't want to pimp anybody's copy. I always feel weird about doing that, so I, I didn't do it. Um, I read Green Lantern, and that was okay. I'm always down with Wonder Woman because I'm a Wonder Woman guy. I, I'm always down with Superman. I thought Action and Superman were both okay. I like the writing. Uh the art's not exactly my bag with, with uh Phil Hester, but uh Phil Kennedy Johnson has done has been pretty good. I have read everything he's done, but I liked uh Last Got a lot at Black Label. I was gonna say like for strange adventures, Black Label DC Black Label is, is good, man. Mm-hmm. It's a good sub label. I think I think it's uh there's rumors that they're gonna sunset it, which I think is a mistake. But, you know, they got rid of Vertigo as a label. And I I had brought this up in the shop. I mean, I wish Marvel would bring Marvel Max back because the Alien book and the, the subsequent Predator book that's coming later this year, after Marvel makes a switch to Penguin Random House, is going to be regular Marvel. I think rated Teen Plus. And and not to be completely stupid about this, I've said this a lot at the shop lately, but I I actually dislike Alien or Predator at like a Teen Plus rating. I think it works better as an R-rated comic book and not that it needs to be super over the top. But it's it's Alien for Christ's sakes, man! It's supposed to be mm-hmm. scary and horror and yeah. You know, the Dark Horse stuff that they put out for 20, 25 years I thought was fantastic. The Star Wars stuff Dark Horse put out also was fantastic. And the Marvel stuff leaves me a little wanting just because they don't take it to the next level. And I would like, I would love for Marvel to bring back Marvel Max just to give adults, like adult level comic books. It doesn't have to be vulgar or gross or, you know, too much or ridiculous, but it's just nice to have like an adult beverage every once in a while with a comic book. Like it's okay to have an adult comic book. It doesn't have to be, you know, watered down at all for kids. And, and people, I think the industry's kind of forgotten that they, they're trying, they're, they're trying to be as um, broadly appealing to everybody right now. Like, like Marvel movies, right. They, they appeal to everybody in general and the DC movies are kind of made for like a small subset of us fanboys. And that's really tough when you compare the two together because the audiences that they're trying to cultivate are like 180 degrees apart from each other, you know? yeah but uh, I, I would love for dc like bring vertigo back like when, when they had vertigo in the heyday and i know i'm totally dating myself here i would try anything that said vertigo on it it was like a guaranteed level of expectation that i appreciated as a consumer and a reader at that point like it's got vertigo i'll totally check that out i don't have that association with many dc books or marvel books anymore right like same thing with max If it's max i'm gonna check it out and it's tough when they got rid of that stuff i i, I wish they would um grow a pair a little bit and just put out some harder stuff. I yeah do cutting, qu-
0: uh, cutting in real quick, uh, Mikey on Twitch, thank you so much for jumping in the chat. Nice to see you. Um, Alex, a uh, quick question, because I'm loving sure. me and Sean are reading the uh, reading the Punisher Max story. I'm on oh, the, yeah. uh, the, the Volume 5. Um, speaking of Garth Anis, you know, we were talking about the, the new book coming out in a few months, the Batman Reptilian. Reptilian? Yes. Yeah. So, Without having to sit here for twenty minutes and giving me all of them, like what are more? Because I'm interested in getting like a a different one after I finish like the what uh, between him and Jason Aaron. I think there's what sixteen volumes or whatever. But what's one that you would recommend me jumping into next as far as the max? For the no, for the maxes.
1: Oh god, the Punisher is the best stuff. Unfortunately, man, that that is the best. And the Garth Ennis stuff blows doors on everything. Not that I'm disparaging Jason Aaron at all, but it just Garth Ennis is next level. Um, there was also like a good Luke Cage book I don't even know if that's print right now, I should check on that There's, They did a bunch of stuff um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, they also did Marvel Knights In 2000 we got the Marvel Knights relaunch And that gave us basically all the Netflix shows And that stuff was like rated PG-13-ish A little bit harder And again, you know, it, it gave us the Netflix TV shows Which are not for everybody, right? But it's a little more feet on the street A little more real And, and we don't need that for everything But for those characters it worked very, very well So there was, I would say like when the first Marvel Knights came out, the first round, all of it was fantastic. Uh, I think when you got to like Marvel Boy, it was kind of where it lost a little steam for me. But all the early stuff with Black Widow, the Heroes for Hire, that was all tremendous and became basically the Netflix TV shows. And then Punisher was the next level where you got that, Garth Ennis was just a gargantuan run on that book. It's all pretty heavy and, and awesome. Um. Again, not for everybody. There's some offensive parts with some characters, like the Barracuda character. I think is not for everybody, but uh, I love that character. Right? That's, I mean, he's so good. After they killed him, they brought him back with prequel stories. They couldn't. They couldn't escape that character. So, kind of, kind of like that. I mean, you know, they a lot of that stuff. I don't even think in print right now, which is a total shame. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in Marvel doesn't keep in print for too long, which is always a little frustrating. So, hard to
2: say. I-
0: I actually don't know which one I'm more excited for this week. Um, I'm really liking Tom Taylor's Seven Secrets from Boom. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. a really far out there, and the artwork kind of looks more like kind of anime to me. Like I re- yeah. I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying it. Uh, but Noctera, dude, I did not know what You're I was expecting. expecting. Um, okay, good. I'm really excited for that. Geiger, now I'm even more excited because it was kind of Geiger on fence about it. But yeah. And then yeah, Image, what else? Image had a
1: good week. I mean, uh, Silver coin's also really good. That's going to be an anthology book like Ice Cream Man, which I highly recommend to everybody as well. That's like a hardcore version of Twilight Zone. Uh, same thing with Haha, ha, the clown book, a companion book. They're, uh, each issue is one and done, like anthology style. It's really easy to get into. There might be a recurring theme, or you might see a recurring character. In um, Ice Cream Man, it's the Ice Cream Man. In um, Silver Coin, is this coin that uh, has magic about it that doesn't really work the way you want it to work really solid first issue
2: okay.
1: um what else what else came out this week on image I I mean, actually seen that one, silver coin, silver um, coin's good
2: um yeah, that
0: was one of like, the first i read yeah like awa's uh, is doing well too like casual fling you said was a wild issue uh you know issue yeah. number three what's, it was what's your and, uh,
2: thing on casual fling actually that's what i was gonna bring up to alex i know we're all reading it we're all enjoying it it's actually a fun wild little story how do you like it alex
1: uh it's a i i started i started reading it because you guys are reading it and um that's not on uh, my that's it's not in my my wheelhouse but i wanted to see because i mean all three guys are on like let me check what this book is about and it's not exactly my cup of tea but it's a trip that book is an absolute trip man because i think it's hitting on some real stuff for sure that's um exactly the, the, what we is, said <laughs> yeah, wait This we... issue is also got a good twist on it that's all i'll leave you with so that's can... cool
3: Look at the influence that we got here at Comic Bookies. (laughs) Who would have ever thought that we influenced the owner, the man himself, to actually read (laughs) a book that he normally wouldn't pick up, man? But I like that type of stuff. It's like that raw, like... It's just I I could see like that writer really actually going through something like that. That's something that happens every single day in society, you know, and it's just like it's kind of crazy, like the whole uh, blackmailing thing that's going on with, uh, you know, a guy is just nuts. And it it happens, especially with females, you know, the sex trafficking crap that's going on all over the place and whatnot. So.
1: Well, no one's immune from bad decisions, I think, you know, like it's a it's a bad decision book. It starts with a bad decision and gets even worse with the blackmail, like you said. And
3: uh, but you can feel the animosity at home with the family, with the mom that's working oh, hard, or, you know, it's just like the dad's the only one taking care of the kids. And it's just like, I, I don't know, man, I, I feel that I feel stuff like that. You know, it's like
2: I'm excited for the sure. twist, though. Alex just kind of gave us a little man. <laughs> <your> teaser. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it, it was it was cool. It was cool. Um, Jason Starr. You know, the whole thing. Like, well, like the you know we're all we're all married here, right? So Sean's now married. Yes, so, sir. So you know, I think everybody has that fear of not being able to trust your partner, and that there's that's a big theme in that book, right? And that's that's uh, that's not cool. Nobody wants to have that situation, man. I you know I think we all empathize with that big time. If that happened to you, you'd be angry and frustrated and upset and hurt, and all those things are in the first couple of issues for sure. So that would that would be. That would be ugly and tough, man. That's that's not hard to wrap your head around in that situation. So Yeah.
0: So going uh, – that's pretty much it for the comic book side. Uh, a few pieces sure. of news and kind of wanted to just uh, get into Snyder Cut because we can go on and on and on about the Snyder Cut. Um, but yeah, Definitely. so DC – I'm sure you heard, but DC canceled the you know, Tom King written – he co-wrote uh, the New Gods yep. movie and the Aquaman spin-off, The Trench. So both of those yeah. um, projects are now got the axe. I mean – it's um a common theme now with i mean you you see like every other month at marvel is like oh my god this is what we have for the next four or five years and most of it gets made you know whether or not you think it's good most of it gets made but dc it's like 50 50 on if it's even going to get made
1: now dc is in a they're in a weird spot with management because it feels like they can't win for trying They, they just can't do anything consistently well and it's frustrating. I'm a, I'm more of a DC guy than a, a Marvel guy, just because I love Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Those are the big three for me. But it's frustrating to see them uh, kind of waffle back and forth. But but props to anybody who realizes they're gonna make a mistake and has the balls to cancel. Because I, I think personally the Trench movie sounded completely stupid. <laughs> I mean they're they're a cool villain. I don't need to see a I don't need to see a movie about those guys. The New Gods one is interesting because. I think Anne Sarnoff said it kind of conflicted with what they were thinking about for dark side. And, and,
0: oh, yeah. you know, that's,
1: and, and if that's the case, then I would love, you know, like I said publicly a couple weeks ago, like continue the Snyderverse, do it on HBO max. I don't care. Put it in four hour chunks. It's indulgent. It's stupid. It doesn't work for everybody, but I totally dig it. And, you know, with everybody being aware of the multiverse or the omniverse as the infinite frontier book calls it now, um, I think it's okay to have multiple versions or multiple takes on Batman like I think you know I, I personally love Ben Affleck as Batman he, he's pretty much the embodiment of Frank Miller's Batman for me and I'm very biased uh, that's my Batman um, when they first announced like you know back in the day when they was first announced Heath Ledger's Joker I wasn't feeling that at all and then you see the movie you're like holy shit I was completely wrong that guy's the best Joker I've ever seen you know when they announced Robert Pattinson as being Batman, I was not feeling it, man. I got to admit, my gut reaction was like, that doesn't sound very cool. And then they, sh- they dropped that first teaser trailer. And I pulled a 180. I was like, holy shit, he's totally goth. I'm a goth kid. I need sure. more gothic Batman. This is fantastic. And I don't think the audience is confused by having Robert Pattinson be Batman and like Batman Year 2 with like the Court of Owls and the Mask of the Phantasm era. And then Ben Affleck like, doing a end of his life, you know, hardcore Dark Knight-ish Batman. I don't think... Anybody's confused by that. I think serving those two audiences is a plus. I think it's kind of ballsy for DC to do it personally if, if they're going to continue with that. But man, just give us more variety. It, it totally works, you know.
0: Is there a set book that the Batman is based off of, or is it something that's you know, in your opinion, if it's if there's not, in your opinion, what is it? Because it's like set near two, right? So, My
1: understanding is set in year two, and it's kind of based on Ego, the story from Darwin Cook. It's based on uh, Mask of the Phantasm. It's based on Long Halloween, which Batman Begins is kind of borrowed heavily from. And uh, we'll see. I don't really know. They've been very cagey about it, and that's that's fine. It looks like they're kind of – you know, like the Marvel films too. They dim sum it from whatever they like. The, you know, Like Infinity Gauntlet was not used in any of the Avengers movies, but it had pieces of it sprinkled throughout. And, yeah. You know, that was like that was like the hardest thing when people come in and say, hey, I like the movie. What book do I read? And you're like, well, there's like 40 books for you to read because it's all over (laughs) the place. And, you know, and that a lot of people check out when when they get that kind of like reading list.
2: I know you're a huge fan of Batman, Alex. So quick question Mm -hmm. in regards, to I guess, the Snyder Cut and the new Batman that we're going to come out that's going to come out with Robert Pattinson. What's your opinion on, I guess, two different movie kind of going on at the same time of the same character with two different actual actors playing it?
1: I'm I'm all for it, man, because I got the attention span for it. I, I'm I'm am okay divorcing the two. You know, like it, it, that's not a negative for me. I it's I always joke. It's like, man, if you ordered a large pizza and they delivered extra large, do you complain? No, man, I'm happy to have exactly. the extra pizza. <laughs> I, you know, I really am. Because um, I think I think they're servicing different audiences to some degree. Again, you know, they're but. I think the audience is sophisticated enough to get it, man. People, people understand. I mean, they've talked about the multiverse now in Spider-Man. They talk about it in Avengers. They talk about it in DC constantly. I think the fans, and it's been on the TV shows. I think people get it. And I think it's very liberating to use the multiverse as an excuse to tell more stories. I think it's very self-limiting to box themselves into one path. So... Yeah. I mean, be, like to rewind a little bit for the New Gods film. I, you know, I was anxious as hell to see that. I think a- Ava DuVernay is fantastic. I think, you know, Tom King's fantastic. Um, it would have been interesting to see how P- PTSD figures into the New Gods because that's a recurring thing for him regularly. But um, it's a shame they canceled. I'm sure there's very good reasons. Um, you know, DC's... DC's it's trying so hard to click and connect with anybody on the movies outside of Batman. It seems like whatever Batman they put out, people are cool with because it's Batman. It's like bond, right? Mm -hmm. You're always going to watch bond, but outside of that, it's, it's tough, right? Like when man of steel came out to totally rewind a few years ago, um, a lot of people, even the first night we saw it, I was, I was torn when I saw it I was like, man, that's not what I expected at all out of this movie. I don't know what I expected, but I, I didn't expect that take on Superman. And so it left me, with a lot of questions that night and I slept on it. And I thought again, the first thing that Thursday, the next, the next show, I think like 11 AM and walked out. I was like, holy shit, I love Man of Steel. Like I, it just took, I had to sleep on it. Man of Steel was like, awesome. Totally dig it. I think it's a great modern take on the character. And, and I'm a Superman guy. So I, even recently a customer was like, man, how can you as a Superman guy like Man of Steel? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, it's just, it's just dreary and, and solemn and depressing. I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. To probably disagree, I think it's pretty grave, like it's a serious film, but I don't think it's overly dark. I think it's trying to confront the, like the reality of like a god living among us today, and so it's it's heavy for that, but not overly heavy. You get to Batman versus Superman, the film's dark as dark as hell, right? That's the point of that film, and then as you get to the Snyder Cut of Justice League, you see like where Batman's very serious, but he's had a turn because after he witnesses the the sacrifice of Superman, you see his you know actually the the beginning of the film when he's. The death screen, right? You see Superman dying, and Batman, the look on his face, he's getting the message right there in the opening title sequence that he's definitely changed. And then you got Wonder Woman, who's got her tone. You got Aquaman, who's got his tone. The Flash, who's a fanboy, a big fan of Superman and Batman, and, and he brings his tone. And so, you know, they were like, oh, Snyder's really dark. And it's like he, he has been and he can be. But when the characters needed a different tone, I think he was very happy to introduce that, just not in the first two films, because it wasn't the point of the first two films. And we, kind of had to hold our water and wait a little bit, and people were not willing to wait on these. They just were like, that's not my Superman. And it's like, no, it's not. But even most people, when they think of their Superman, they think of Christopher Reeve from the 70s, which is like 50 years ago, man. And as much as I love that Superman, to be fair, my favorite Superman is George Reeves from the the TV show in like the 50s, man. That's the best Superman. If we're we're throwing stones, let's be frank, that's the best Superman ever. You don't believe me? Go rewatch it, and we'll fight later. He's the best (laughs) Superman. You know, but Henry Cavill's great as Superman, dude. That's great casting. I mean, DC's got good casting on these movies.
3: Cavill. I remember you telling me you're going to you're gonna find out about Cavill. And I was like, what is he talking about? Then I finally it watched good. it. I told oh, you, man, I, I think Man of Steel might have been my favorite out of that, you know, the trilogy and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah. Going back to what Sean, what you just answered, like the two movies playing on simultaneously. Mm-hmm. How do you think it, I, I mean, you can go even further that. Now they got the whole story with Infinite Frontier going on. How do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you think that that would be more beneficial or detrimental to the, you know, the subject of maybe trying to get more readers in the industry going in the comic book side? Like in my opinion, I think that if they're releasing something that's kind of going on more and coincides with what's they're releasing into the shelves on your store, I think that that would do a little bit better. Because I don't know, man. I, I don't know how I feel about three different Batman things going on. It's like, I don't know. What's your opinion on that, Alex?
1: Well, I get where you're coming from. It can be tough, right? Like, I think for Infinite Frontier, it was definitely, a, it's a, another reboot, right, where they want to say that everything that happened before happened because when New 52 happened, you found out by the end of Doomsday Clock that Dr. Manhattan had traded that reality. And that's why it was broken. That's why he had the five Robins in five years and all the, the timeline stuff was problematic. You know, because they're trying to, they're trying to create a new continuity for new readers, and it was at the expense of old-time readers who lost their continuity. And and DC's had this issue a few times with the crises that have happened since '85. Every time they introduce a crisis, uh, they're doing it to streamline the continuity, and it's, t- it's done to make it easier to read. But I, I think it's always done also at the expense of existing readers because if you if you were a Legion guy, like I'm, I love Legion Superheroes when I was a kid. When crisis happened, the Legion superheroes never happened after that. That that timeline was wiped out, and so you're left as a as a teenager going like, "What the hell, man? I've always liked Legion. Now there's no more Legion. That's kind of stupid to me as a reader. That's stupid. To, it's like very self-limiting. I, I use a lot at the shop. Like, there's no reason to limit yourself when you're just telling stories, right? If it's going to get in the way of a good story, that it's a bad it's a bad reason. Like. You know, they were like, we couldn't do this thing because in issue 297, 20 years ago, this one thing happened, and a lot of people remember that. And you're like, man, that's that's a that's a good, legit reason, but it's also a stupid reason to limit yourself when you're just trying to tell a good story. And again, like I, you know, I turned 50 year this year. Let's not limit ourselves. Like, let's. There's, we're talking about comic books, man. It's fiction. It's supremely made up. You don't have to put <laughs> these weird barriers up, you know. Thank like you just
3: kind of. I like. It, I like that. It's
1: just, okay. It just seems weird to me. <laughs> well, I mean, like even Marvel, right? Like DC gets a lot of grief for rebooting because people care a lot about the history of those characters. Not to denigrate Marvel fans, but Marvel has been, has done so many reboots that it becomes fuzzy. Like, was this real? When did this happen? When that was the other time? That was *Heroes Are Born. and they're just loose with it, right? But DC guys get really stuck on continuity, like to the point where you get a lot of arguments about it. And, you know, Marvel gets a pass every time. It's like, man, DC just quit clutching the pearls so hard. Let loose a little bit. Have some fun. Tell good stories. People remember good stories more than they remember good continuity. There's always those guys mm-hmm. that are all sprung on continuity for sure. There's those guys, you know, like I was one of those guys for a very long time, you know. Yeah. But, but, but seriously, what we want is we want good stories. We, we like this hobby because the format is awesome for storytelling. Yeah. It's better than film for me on some stuff, although you can't film is a whole other thing, right? But when a comic book's good, when the art's good and the story's good and you can't wait to read that next issue, that's like magic. Let's mm-hmm. not like, turn that off, you know? Like, let's celebrate that, embrace that and, and get to more of that regularly. Like, I thought like Dark Knight, Dark Knight Metal, the first one with the introduction of the negative uh, universe, I thought was fantastic addition to the multiverse, omniverse thing. Death Metal was kind of ridiculous, I got to say. It was just like, man, what do we do? We're turning everything up to 11 is like the bad, easy pun, right? But that's what they <laughs> did. They just It just went out of control. And, yeah. and thinking of the King and Black, like King and Black, the ending of that book is so over the top that I, I didn't know if it was like a, like if I'm supposed to be laughing in on, on the joke or just feel like I was taking advantage of a little bit at the end of that book. Cause it's so ridiculous. Like there's this world like, extinction level event happening in King and Black and Venom. But in Avengers, they're fighting Phoenix Force. In X Men—they're getting ready for the gala. Like, there's no continuity going there, and fans for Marvel don't get upset about it. They'll just let it happen, right? But if you do—if you were to do that to DC, there'd be all these guys going, "Like, man, look at Justice Can't even get their shit straight because there's a thing going on in Batman, and they can't do it in Justice." It's like such a weird double standard. It's like, man, let's let's just forget about it. Let's just just have good stories. Even though I'm like I said, I'm whining about King and Black. It was just like, man, the ending's kind of crazy.
3: That's why he likes those independents right now. Just give I them, do. just That's give them the exactly stories, right. baby. Just give them the stories. Well,
1: and then, uh, like, if and when
0: they get rid of Black Label, I'm gonna, cl- I'm gonna hold tight to a lot of those stories that I've read since they've had it. You know, like from mm-hmm. the Harleen to the Batman mm-hmm. Damned. Like, I, I like most of those stories. You know, Me the, um, too. the one, the one about John Constantine, hell, the three issue Hellblazer one. Yeah. You know, like I've really enjoyed that one. And uh, Strange Adventures. Batman, yeah. Catwoman, how, how, under, how, a lot of good stuff that's like off continuity. And so yeah. when I go back, yeah. like, oh, like, well, like, what can I read for a black label? You know what? Uh, White Knight. Isn't that black label? Oh, they, yeah. You know, yeah. Curse of the White Knight. That whole universe yeah. is amazing. The Sean Murphy and ar- Bert, yes. Arguably, I-, I like it more than a lot of what's coming out now. Like, maybe not specifically Batman, but White mm-hmm. Knight, Curse of the White Knight, all that universe. Love it.
1: There's a certain there's a certain ease or liberty of reading those books because they're not tied to continuity and you can just enjoy them and I think they're basically hitting home runs on those books because of that. Go ahead, Mark. Sorry, I'll talk. I'll talk all night.
3: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, hey, uh cheers, Alex. Thank you for joining us once again. Yes,
1: I had a, I had a drink tonight. I did. Day I some whiskey with it was, it was yeah, and he
3: said he said that he doesn't uh for the Comic bookie fans out there, you guys are getting uh Alex <laughs> uh doesn't usually uh drink on uh weekdays, but here he is this doing is it true. for the fans. that's um, true. I'll run four <laughs> miles
0: tomorrow. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right.
3: So and let's I, get into.
0: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I
3: had a question, a little fun question for you guys, since you mm-hmm. mentioned something about like collecting these books and whatnot. The fans can actually chime in. We want to let you. We want to hear what you guys have to say in the comments below. How many boxes, uh, I can kind of try to take a little guess on all three of you guys, but how many uh, short boxes or long boxes are you guys uh, willing to collect until it's finally time to say, okay, honey, I got to start getting rid of some of these books and start <laughs> shift, sifting through the comics and seeing which ones you can eBay, which ones you can, you know, kind of just sell off as like a package deal, as a bundle. Uh, how many boxes uh, for you guys? Because I'm starting to get a couple, what, five boxes deep here, four maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm starting to – they're not all completely full, but as I look, you know, they're starting to build up I, the way I package them with DC and Marvel and whatnot. But uh, I'd have to say, man, if I start getting close to 10, 12 uh, cases, boxes, uh, 15, I might have to start uh, trying to find some new real estate in the in my room. So I might have to start selling some off. What do you guys say?
0: I've got I'm like halfway through my fifth long box and that's since uh, when was the beginning of rebirth like the spring summer of 2016. So I'm almost like five Mm -hmm. years deep and I'm like halfway through five long boxes. So I don't know. It all depends. I I think specifically, first of all, it's uh, who you're married to. Like, you know, if they're (laughs) willing to to keep it in a certain space, you know, like, oh, as long as it's in the garage, whatever. But if you want to start if you want to start bringing inside the house, they might not be up for it. But I don't know. Like, as far as I don't know, me, I love comic books now so much that I don't know, like in my head i don't like right now i, w- I foresee myself never wanting to get rid of them just dying with them b- b- bury all my long boxes with me <laughs> buy a second plot
2: yeah i'm working on, i'm working on my second box i didn't really you know, obviously get serious in the comments until we started the podcast so i mean <laughs> i don't know either yeah i think my you know, might kind of hit on the head don't who you're married with but i mean down the road if there's some <laughs> good investments it'll be hard to not sell them you know
1: yeah, well, they they always make good reprints, so you can sell the original off and keep the story. You know, I spent twenty twenty going through a lot of stuff in the shop and at home and digging up a lot of stuff that I was like, man, I think I'm just over this right now, and that's fine. There's there's always the opportunity to rebuy stuff. I mean, some stuff you'll I'll never part with, right? That's how collecting goes. But uh, I like having stuff in my house. It's like I have a big you know film collection because I hate. I hate the idea that it will be on streaming and then they lose a license. And I won't be able to find it on streaming at some point. So I'd rather just be lazy as hell and have the disc on my shelf.
3: Are are independents? So like like in the are these awa's and like or or is it more like DC's or do awa's? Um, are you able to uh, find them? Like, are they able to like? Are they worth more? like down the road or is there like a market for these independents or is it more dc and marvel kind of own that market and like try to no, nft or try to make a little bit of money off these comics no, for the comic I mean, every, bookies everybody, out there
1: every, everybody's got uh something worth collecting for money i mean that's that's an easy answer on that one um marvel and dc have the better known characters right is i think the flip side but for every independent book, you've got like a Walking Dead, which was a successful TV show, or Saga, which is a great comic book that's hopefully rumors coming back into this year. And that first issue is going, I think, what four to five hundred bucks, and they printed seventy thousand, so it's not hard to find. It's it's readily available, but four to five hundred bucks is pretty good for a book like that. Something that came with Children number one, I think, like over four hundred bucks now, but I think it's, I think it's gonna be a TV show. So a lot of it is like the pop wow. like a popularity contest, right? If it's gonna get if it's gonna succeed in other media like a TV show or a film that's obviously going to kick it into the next level. Um, I mean the big thing lately with a lot of the Marvel, I mean the Marvel, you know, TV show WandaVision came out and everybody's digging through back issues, trying to find the books that it's referring to from like 35 years ago. So that, that was fun. Um, that's always been part of the hobby. I mean, guys will, it, it's like, if it's popular, it'll, it'll have a life. It'll appreciate, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, so two more things actually before we, uh, say goodbye to you. Uh, first of all, Aaron cool. on uh, YouTube, what's up guys? Hey, what's going on Aaron? Um, so Snyder cut—that's one of the things that we want to get into uh, with you. We have we I talked about it, it like <laughs> numerous times in the shop, but uh, as far as the podcast is concerned, we definitely want to hear your thoughts. I actually asked you—I wanted to talk Godzilla versus King Kong. And be like, actually, I meant to watch it, and then I watched Justice League again. That was pretty it's funny true. when you said that. So, so uh, yeah, so go, so give your take on the Snyder cut, Justice League Snyder cut.
1: I love it. I, I'm totally biased, man. Like I like that version of the DC universe. I know it's not for everybody. I totally get it. Right. It's like, to me, it's like the ultimate version of the DC universe. And even the Marvel movies I was telling somebody recently, like they're not the original comic book versions of those characters. They have a a lot of the Marvel movies were based on the Marvel ultimate line that relaunched like 20 something years ago. And it's okay. Right. Like, um, I appreciate, like, I, I said this in the shop recently a lot. Um, when I read comic books, like, if I read Avengers or I read Justice League, I don't read them as action comedy. I pretty much always read them as action drama, unless you're reading a book like Scumbag, which is definitely comedy, uh, you know, which is hilarious. That, that book's laugh out loud funny, right? But I, I, I read most superhero books as action drama. And so I always have a hard time with, like, the Marvel movies because they're kind of like action comedies. To me. A lot of clips, there's constant lines being delivered. It's all for yucks. And that's not at all how I read the comic books. That's always a huge disconnect for me. It works better on some films like Guardians of the Galaxy than others. Um, I, do, I do love how like, Endgame and Infinity War got deadly serious. I thought the storyline had to be serious at that point with the stakes, with Thanos, that you, you had to be serious about those films. And I think those films kind of took on the DC vibe big time. And I, but as an adult, I appreciated that. I was like, man, this is what I want. I want to read epic, heavy Avengers stories. I would love to see that on screen more often you know like the big heavy i mean these are superheroes it should be it should be awesome you know and so i think like like with the snyder cut uh the snyder verse you know you've got it's treating superman as a as a god on earth and i really like that appreciation of the character um i thought the snyder cut was so much better than joss whedon's version man i mean good god it's like apples and oranges man it was just Mm -hmm. wild the, the changes i it feels like uh, Joss Whedon basically reused every bit of action because he wasn't going to reshoot the action on Zack Snyder because that shit's awesome. But he basically reshot every line of dialogue. And that's just, it was bonkers to me when I watched it the first time. Just how different the tone was. Um, I mean, the, e- how epic is it when you see the Amazons with the mother box? I mean, that shit is crazy heavy now. And I loved it for that. I, I just, I thought it was such an improvement. Um, you get rid of some of the jokes. To be fair, I thought that when uh, Aquaman is sitting on the lasso of truth and gets all like, man, let's be honest, we don't have a, we don't have a shot in hell, we're all going to die. I thought that was a good joke. Um, but I, I don't need a film defined by jokes unless I'm watching comedy. Um, so I, I, I like the Snyderverse that it's, it's, it's a little more heavy. It's a little more serious. I, I, I thought, like, I mean, God, four hours, it's pretty goddamn long, though, right? That's an indulgent, indulgent long film. I thought the three epilogues was a little wonky at the end, right? Because it doesn't flow very well, but it doesn't have to because epilogues. But uh, in general, very, very happy with it. I thought There's a few scenes they could have totally trimmed out that didn't make t- terrible sense. But I, it's nitpicky shit, so I, I hate to nitpick on it.
2: How did you enjoy the character Cyborg how they kind of evolved his oh character a little bit? I think we all agreed we loved it, man.
1: Oh, yeah, the cyborg shit's so good. The cyborg and Flash both got, like, such short shrift in the theatrical cut. And I, I thought, uh, like, you've heard everybody say, I thought cyborg was definitely the heart of the film. And I, you you should relate to that character, right? I mean, he's got such a tragic origin in the film. I mean, he basically dies twice. It's just brutal sad. The whole film was very sad, though. Like, I thought it was a good good, like, exercise on grief, just from multiple aspects of grief. Um, and then also, like everybody's got big time parent issues in the Justice League. I mean, you know, Diana's been banished by her mother. Arthur Curry has no relationship with his mother. Has to go talk to his father. Cyborg loves his mother, hates his father. Uh, Flash has got crazy daddy issues, and Superman has no dad, but has two dads that constantly inspire him. So it's like very, very heavy on the parent stuff. Um, but I appreciated that. I, I, I the Snyder Cut. I mean, I've seen it three times, and yes, I was gonna watch. Uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, and I had <laughs> I had Justice League paused at beloved mother, beloved son, uh, which is like the best Cyborg Flash chapter, by the way. And uh, mm-hmm. we had to go put Godzilla on, and it was it was paused there, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, who are we kidding? Me? Let's just continue watching this shit. My <laughs> wife <laughs> it was awesome. I I, I will I had that film constantly on pause somewhere, and every, so every time I open HBO Max, it's paused on Justice League, and I'm like, who am I kidding? I'm just gonna watch this again because I can't no, help myself. I' on, not
3: know you can put up with that thing three, four times in four, three ratio? Jesus.
1: How dare you? That's the <laughs> Academy aspect ratio, sir. That's for cinephiles. That's for yes, I cinephiles.
3: know, but man, I mean, come on. <laughs> I turned. No, I know. It, it had the disclaimer in the beginning. I was like, four, three, I get it, but, you know, well, try to stay true I, to the roots and whatnot, but.
1: Well, you get more information on the top and bottom, but you lose the widescreen aspect ratio, Why, right? Yeah. There's, there's definitely arguments. And, and, and con for it. I, I I don't care. I'm not a huge aspect ratio snob unless it was filmed in aspect ratio and they they crop it. Like if you filmed in 235 and you crop it to 43, 133, that's garbage. If you, like the, let's say the, the uh, Pee Wee movies, right? Those are filmed open mat, which means they were filmed in a 43 format. And then when you saw them in the theater, they cropped it. So you lost the information and went to 185, a uh, letter box. So when those things happen, yeah, it should be seen. Like, I mean, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. No one's clamoring to see that right now, but you should see that matted because that's the right aspect for theatrical. (laughs) Pee-wee. For this, this, though, it's like, man, I I appreciate both versions. I mean, like I said, you lose the widescreen stuff, but you get so much more information on the top, the head and foot of the screen. And I think it's not, you wouldn't do everything that way. We've kind of moved into the widescreen era of things the last 10 years for sure. But uh, it works. I thought it worked very well. It's a gorgeous looking film. I I think
3: for the CGI, it works good. To get the top and sure. bottom, like you said, I think you're trying to fill the screen more than you know when you're using all those type of graphics. Maybe that that could be something to do with it. I'm no am no yeah. expert, but just I mean, thinking about it, you know.
1: I haven't Sorry. read enough why why the choice is made, but I, I do know that it's the Academy aspect ratio from in the old days, and if it's good enough for the Academy of Motion Picture Sciences, it's good enough for me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> my thing is, um, it was. So hyped up about, you know, things that we characters specifically that we didn't see in the Joss Whedon version that we were going to see now. But I was kind of disappointed. I but I but at the same time, I didn't know how much to expect it. But for me, I didn't get enough Joker. I didn't get enough Martian Manhunter. Uh, I didn't get I really didn't get the one I was really excited for is Green Lantern. But they had the flashback sure. battle. You had one of the Green Lanterns, you know, uh, do a construct. But you, first of all, you didn't even see the construct of like mm-hmm. what it was. And then you saw one more time, I think, Green Lanterns when they showed like the uh, possible future and Superman walking over everyone who's dead. Yeah. I think Kilowog mm-hmm. was right there. And Kilowog was, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was dead. But man, like I just. I wanted more, uh, but it, because, especially since I know that now it's not looking like it as long as, you know, as far as right now, we're not going to get number two and number three movie wise. I don't know. I, I was kind of disappointed. I didn't get enough of them.
1: No, that was a disappointment. I mean, we, we I, I mean, we all like the Easter egg, right? And the, the Marvel movies and DC movies put plenty of Easter eggs in there, uh, which is super cool, right? That That's it's a comic book thing to do. Um, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of tease in it, you know. There's a lot of tease, and and uh, it would have been really nice to see a Green Lantern because that's the whole point of uniting the seven. I thought when the the campaign was out for Justice League, mm-hmm. I, I know that uh, what the last film with Marsh or the last sequence of Martian Manhunter was originally filmed with John Stewart, and that would have been dope to see John Stewart in the film. That would have been just yeah. fantastic. I understand why DC doesn't want to. I think they're prepping what a Green Lantern TV series on HBO, mm-hmm. so I get it. Um, but it's a trip. I, the Nightmare Sequence stuff is, is a trip. I thought that sequence with, uh, you know, Batman and Joker at end was probably the heaviest, most epic Batman versus Joker scene we've had on screen. And it's a total throwaway scene in a weird way, you know? Um, I don't mind Jared Leto as Joker. I, it, every version of the Joker is wildly different than the one that precedes it. So that's not the end of the world for me. Um, I thought he looked better with all the facial tattoos, but that's kind of nitpicky again. But whatever, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. So as we um, round out... Um, the show with yourself. Uh, we want to collide the worlds in sports and comics. So, let's get into your Dodgers, man. So baseball, it's like Great a full start. week. I, go, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Not a good start for the A's, but hey, they won today on a walk-off. They got some pie today for the A's. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, so I, I'm sure you're excited that baseball is back. We get a 162-game schedule. Your Dodgers are defending champions. So, what do you, like, 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 what have you enjoyed so far this season in the first week? And what do you foresee, uh, now through the end of October?
1: I, uh,. I'm continuously disappointed in Kershaw's early season starts that that yeah. guy he's, he's lost a lot of velocity on that fastball, not to be too shitty. I think he's top around 90, 90 and a half. And that's, that's not great for him. Um, I know he's had tremendous back problems and it's probably something to do with his back would be my guess. He got lit up in spring training what he had a 12 something ERA, which mm-hmm. is garbage. A, he had a very bad opening day with the Colorado, which is not a, you don't want to have a bad day in Colorado, right? They just ring up runs on you. Mm-hmm. Um, Mookie Betts being there still is kind of surreal to me. I still can't believe it in a weird way. Like that just bonkers, man. Um, I know Belly's probably gonna hit the IR because he tweaked his ankle pretty good. I'm happy to get Justin Turner back. That guy's great on third. Um, Trevor Bauer pitching. It. Like, I, I'm not a fan of that guy. I gotta say, man. But good. He's God a beast, he... man. He's yeah. yeah. I'm torn. I, it's hard. I don't like him very much, but I do. Mean, I,
0: I think Mookie not playing today was the reason they didn't sweep.
1: Yeah, uh, a little, man, like, well,
0: you know, like a back issue.
1: Yeah, there's something going on with him, and and you know, to be fair, they could they could ob- we can obviously rest guys early. You want to rest guys early and, mm-hmm. and make sure. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, like I said last year when we got baseball back, you know, when we were shut down and baseball started, I love having baseball because you know it's like a Tuesday, it's like a game on Tuesday. Guys, one, you, you need, the the calendar is very locked in for me when baseball season starts. Yeah, it is. Um, and I love it. You know um i'm not watching too much basketball my my girls don't have a lot of respect for world champions so that's been frustrating uh so i get to catch a little bit here and there i am still following the sharks and blackhawks which is painful this year just painful man yeah, good. um it, it's been tough i i watch because i'm stubborn and obstinate but it's like man good god it's not fun and football is weird i mean the rams grabbing stafford i thought was a bit of desperate dude it's a, it's a whiff of desperation to me but you can tell they want to win a Super Bowl at home so bad, huh. and I hope I hope we do it right. That would be that'd be fantastic as a fan. But you know they they don't appreciate or have no respect for salary cap or draft picks, and it's frustrating as a fan because like what do you what are we doing? We just can't swing for these high price free agents every time, guys. I mean, oh yeah. the Niners just did it. They just pulled a similar they pulled the Rams move like crazy. Yeah, we did.
2: We'll go into your Rams real quick. I know you guys did get Stafford. You guys did lose Everett. The draft is right around the corner, and again, you guys don't have a first-round pick. What do you think you guys are missing right now to kind of get back to that Super Bowl uh, team? I mean, you guys didn't win the Super Bowl, but you guys got there. But what do you think you guys are missing right now to kind of get back to that quality
1: team? God, the shitty answer? We need a humble coach. Um, That guy, (laughs) he's too smart for his own good, dude um he's he's brilliant but he doesn't make adjustments very well doesn't seem like you know th- th- there's there's definitely that thing where you want to dominate and and uh, punish a team with your vision you know stick to the the playbook and and do what you've set out to do but you saw it in the super bowl against the patriots we did not make any adjustments in that game until mm-hmm. late it cost us and you got to be a little more humble about football to understand like if it's not working it's okay to try something else um and they get a little too stubborn with the rams get a little stubborn in their play calling sometimes i feel like sure you you want to execute but if you can't you can't do it it's okay to have plan b you know i think stafford is uh to be fair like uh, man i i'm not that familiar with him believe it or not he's been leaked for a million years feels like outside of, i remember when he was with megatron back in the day which is a while ago it was but, like forever ago yeah <laughs> oh my god totally right but uh, I think and, – and, and I don't hate golf. I was not a golf hater, but you could tell that they definitely lost confidence in him the last couple of years. And I think, for me, the, the, the simple math on it was in a two-minute drill, you weren't really sweating if Goff was going to score on you, right? I mean, he, he could. He showed it like in the, the Kansas City game where they just went crazy. But I think that's more of an outlier than not. Um, I think the difference is with like a Matt Stafford is that dude's probably going to score on you in a two-minute drill. He's very comfortable. He slings the ball around. He's not afraid to push the ball in tight spaces. And I think Goff is a little afraid to, to challenge DBs and stuff. And some of that's the play calling, some of that's the coaching. I, I, again, I'm disappointed that Sean McVay, who's supposed to be so brilliant with quarterbacks, could not develop Goff a little bit better. Yeah, but that's his forte. It was like, dude, what are we doing here? I mean, you saw so many plays. Like, you know, like, like, for example, when the Niners and Rams got together last couple of years, like last four games, Niners took it to us really hard. They they were not messing around. They were basically being very physical with the Rams, getting in their face, breaking off routes, challenging the Rams. And the Rams did not respond well in those situations. They they really didn't. They kind of folded. We lacked a we lacked a down the field threat. Right. We had you know Brandon Cooks there for a minute, and he was gone. We had Deshaun Jackson this year, which is kind of hilarious. I hope he works out, but I I mean, does he even play half the season? I hope so. I hope I'm completely yeah. wrong we need somebody over the top uh, losing Everett is tough because we got Higby at tight end and, and Everett and those, both those guys I thought were pretty similar in their, in their routes and what they were asked to do. Um, but I think, you know, Matt Stafford is he's quick thinker. He's, he's not afraid to throw the ball around. I think that's the, the, the difference will be in a two minute drill. The Rams definitely should threaten to score. If not score on you. Now we have the personnel, we, we got to get better running back. We don't run the ball. Well, I mean, I'm still, I'm still heartbroken. We lost Gurley. I love Todd Gurley. That's such a bummer to me. I mean, I know he's got a bad knee and stuff, but man, that guy was a, a he was a beast. He worked hard. Mm-hmm. We haven't had that consistently still, so we'll see. I mean, you know, be a little humble. Respect. You gotta, you gotta have a lot of respect for your opponents in the NFL, man. I mean, don't take anything for granted. I think the Rams, you know, like a lot of smart teams, they take shit for granted every once in a while. The Patriots also did that for a very long time, but they always made you pay for it, so you couldn't really get past them. But, you know, cocky. you want to be a little bit cocky. We all play some sport, but you don't want to be so cocky you can't make changes in the game. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, the Raiders in the same boat with John Gruden, man. That guy frustrates the shit out of me. I defended that guy for, like, decades, and it's like, man, what are we doing? We got They trade everybody away. There's there's no equity in the draft, guys. It's like, you know, you got rid of a generational talent in Khalil Mack. John Gruden's also a quarterback whisperer, but we, he doesn't seem to like you know, his quarterback, it's like, dude, Carr is not a bad quarterback. Let's develop this guy, get him some real weapons. You can't, you just can't throw a quick slant into tight ends all game long. It's the same shit the Rams do. You can't just do that. You got to open yeah. it up and, and challenge defenses and, you know, run the ball well. It's, it's a multifaceted game. And the Raiders and Rams were just, you know, kind of relying a lot on the run game opening things up and, you know, if you get teams that will put eight guys in the box, you'll take that away real quick, and you'll start challenging. you got to start throwing outside, and I don't think the Rams and Raiders did a good job of making those adjustments the last year.
3: Free agency is also a SOB, you know, because I think Aguilor did pretty good for us last season. You see he's sure. gone, right? You know, yeah. so it's just uh, yeah. kind of always have to keep getting accustomed to new players, new skill sets, new opponents, new damn psh. It's crazy. I just hope the Raiders can go one and one against a damn Kansas City Chiefs this year, like they oh did last God. season. Right? Kidding. That'd be pretty good. No, but kidding. yeah, we'll
0: I, mean, I love the Raiders. Draft <laughs> in twenty two so days. Yeah, they've uh what improved what like one game every year since Scrune's been there, but he's been getting more and more senile and just you know, yeah. seems like he's crazy every year. So who knows? But Alex, uh, to yeah, round man. it out, are, are, of- are you? What's it? Go ahead.
1: Well, see, they got rid of Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. Like, what are we doing, guys? Like, there's no need to get rid of those guys. Like, what are we doing, man? And
0: then where? And then where do you put that money too? You know, like where are you going to put that money? Sure as hell don't put them in 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 a defense. So. And how long is Abrams
3: going to last? I don't know.
0: He might get kicked out of the league.
1: Raiders got to spend some money on defense Rams Rams and Raiders both got to spend some money on I mean every team I'll just put the blankets here every team's got to spend money on offensive line you need quality tackles left and Lyman right
2: wins games yep
1: everybody dude in and, and the Rams specifically we need a good center we let our center go to Kansas City I'm sure there's good reasons for it but he had continuity in the role he, he knew he knew how the system worked and we have to start over again and and uh it's frustrating, right? I mean, the teams that have a really good, consistent offensive line with a with a good quarterback, those are the teams in the top third for sure. You know, yeah. I mean, it all, there's a, so much of it's predicated upon the line play, and and yeah. the, I think the Rams line is uh, below average, which is frustrating because we, there's a lot of good playmakers on that team. It's like it's like the Dodgers, man, for a weird way. Like a lot of the, we're deep, the infield's deep, the outfield's deep, and pitching's been a problem for us for like at least ten years now. So like, guys, it's been a consistent problem. Let's Let's do something. I mean, you know, the Dodgers now have got a couple guys like Urias and Walker Bueller and May. Those guys are really, really good and we've been lucky. But, you know, for pro football, I mean, God, these are these are big dudes playing at at a high level. Obviously, tackles are at a premium. Everybody should be drafting and developing tackles like nobody's business, man. I mean, that's just gotta be like day one draft as lineman for me, pretty much every yeah. time, unless you get a generational talent, you know.
0: Are you uh, planning to go to any football or baseball games in 2021 as things start to be to get open? No, no,
1: we're we're not. We're we're talking about this. Like uh, we're hopefully due to get the vaccine soon. I want my wife to get hers first a couple weeks before me, so we can stagger that. Make sure everything's cool. And then for my daughter, she's ten going on eleven. There's no vaccine for her this year. I'd rather I'd rather I'd feel much better if everybody gets their shots before we start mingling and going back outside into a, a venue like that. Mm-hmm. which is weird. I hate saying that, but it's so true. You know, I just don't, I don't want anybody getting sick, man. If we can avoid getting sick, that's a okay in my book.
2: I'm yeah, I'm into true. that. Very true. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I think that pretty
3: much does it. Sorry for my voice
0: All cracking right. right there, but, um, that's yeah, correct. Correct.
2: <laughs> that pretty much does it.
0: Um, no, again,
3: I, I got look. one thing to say, shame on Alex for not liking that college basketball, that final four. Yeah. Man, The, the, the national championship The national national championship game was horrendous, but man, that final four game between that Gonzaga and UCLA, UCLA, man, that was one for the ages, so. When you, that, when you say that, when you say that the NCAA can be a little bit uh, slow and boring, man, I beg to differ with you sometimes. But uh, <laughs> it's
1: like it's like playoffs, right? Almost, uh, almost any playoff is good, right? Like I will joke, like even lacrosse playoffs are probably bomb. So
3: <laughs> how <know>? about <laughs> we, throw, how about we throw a comic bookie party at Vegas at the Circa next next year for the March Madness, man?
1: Yeah, I want you Group there,
3: hotel? Alex? Huh? Which
1: hotel? What? Which hotel?
3: The Circa, it's a new one. In, uh, it uh, It's in Fremont Street, actually, down uh, the old uh, strip.
1: Old town. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, but they got, okay. dude, it's
3: crazy. Check it out. Circa Las Vegas, man. It's nuts. That's oh, okay. what I'm trying to do next year for March Madness, baby. I want you there comic bookies on the, <laughs> comic bookies on the road with alex
0: hell yeah Good but uh, alex uh from treasure island comics the owner of our wonderful generous uh sponsor thank you so much for jumping on and thank like and we had you on in january we had you on now in april so definitely sometime in the summertime we'll have you on again to talk That's more quarter. dodgers baseball more comic books <laughs> oh, more yeah. movies and tv shows so thanks a lot appreciate it and the comic bookies will be right back uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with some NASCAR and some Godzilla versus King Kong be right back
2: <laughs> thanks Alex alright man
0: And welcome back, everyone, to the Comic Bookies Podcast, live recording on YouTube and Twitch of episode 107. Thank you so much to our guest, Alex, from Treasure Island Comics, our great and wonderful and generous sponsor. This episode, like every week, is brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Today, new comic book day, it is uh, 1020 at night, so the store is really closed right now, but check them out on Fridays and Saturdays as well to get your stack any way you want them, old, new, whatever. Uh, Check us out on... YouTube and Twitch at the comic bookies Um, you'll get all subscribe and follow. You get all the information and notifications. When we go live Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at the comic bookies, email us the comic bookies at gmail.com and you can listen to us pretty much everywhere you listen to comic or to podcasts itunes google uh, podcasts spotify iheartradio radio.com app or actually the libsyn website you can check us out so thank you so much for tuning in uh gentlemen welcome back Uh, let's continue with the podcast um Let's get into let's get into the movie. And uh, no, you know what? Let's get into NASCAR. So NASCAR is at Martinsville this week. We took a week off for the Easter weekend, and now we have a Saturday night race, not Sunday, but Saturday night race at the Paperclip in Martinsville. Uh, gentlemen, how do you see like you know how do you see this race uh, playing out?
2: Honestly, bro. Every time we talk about these races, you know we have our websites, we have uh, all the information on these past racers the success that they've had there and the biggest thing i look at honestly is lap sled yeah wins is huge of course denny hamlin five wins at martinsville oh easy he's gonna win keselowski too but when you look at lap sled man it is literally the hamlin the kyle bush show these guys have over 1400 lap sled between the both of them at this race and i mean you know logano got his first win last week mark's guy he does have a win chase my guy he has a win there I know, I mean, there's a certain someone, Kyle Larson, you know, he's already has a win this year, and who's not to say he can go and get a win, you know, this upcoming week. But right now, I mean, you know, Kyle's kind of been lagging lately, and I think it might be his week, man. History doesn't lie. Numbers don't lie. In 31 races, how I mentioned, he has two wins, 16 top fives, over 1,400 laps led. So I'm kind of liking Kyle, bro.
3: Kyle Larson or Kyle Busch? Kyle Busch. Oh, uh, Bush! Actually, I'll tell you what man. I do not like Kyle Bush in this race. I think that uh Bartonsville under the lights, yes, Kyle has uh prevailed there in the past, but you know. How long, How many races has it been since Kyle Busch won? Bro, I mean, he had
2: that season where he was dominating, and now it's like yeah, two
3: years ago when he won the championship. Yeah, Dude,
2: it's the he, opposite.
3: I believe he won the Clash this year, right? Didn't he win the first Clash or the the one of the duels? I believe he did. Uh, I don't I think, know. I can look it start up. It the was season. a
2: duel or a clash. I think he did win. You're right about that. Yeah, but
3: that but that's a non points paying race. So the mm. last time he one a non-points paying race was pre-pandemic if i'm not mistaken so i mean the guy he's struggling and i honestly he's good but the woes just are going to continue right it's like we mentioned the stock market a lot on this uh podcast lately we've all gotten into investing as the world has with all their stimulus checks uh if if you will but hey he won the clash just to cut in he won the clash he won the clash i knew it was something like that a non-points paying race but you see like you know you see the candlesticks and they just keep going down 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 it's like you think it's gonna pop but it doesn't pop and right now kyle push he's just not popping his time is gonna come he's still what my age uh never mind uh he's still pretty fairly young if you will (laughs) Uh, he's still got a a lot more years. He's still going to be a prominent uh, figure in this sport. He's still going to win a lot of races. But right now, I just think that for, uh, I don't know if it's because uh, JGR or maybe his team in in particular is looking forward to uh, the next gen car coming up in 2022. Uh, We're going to have an unveiling actually on May 5th, uh, Cinco de Mayo, if, uh, yes. I saw that earlier. I sent it to you yeah, guys. Yeah, you sent it to uh, us. Yeah, I'm uh, uh, actually
0: excited about that. It looked pretty dope, like from the silhouette, three,
3: you know. All three manufacturers are going to be unveiling that car um, the Ford, the Toyota, the Chevy. So I'm excited to see that. But uh, I just think that Kyle Bush, Sean, you, uh, if you want to throw your dollars on them, I'm willing to take your bet here. I'll be your bookie. Um, the odds, I can't see them right now. I'll try to pull them up in a bit. Uh, but i rather take uh, Joey Logano starting on the pole. Uh, we know he's no sucker at... There here it is. is. There it <laughs> is. Ooh,
0: so, nice. What was here more here. impressive? The uh, mid-speech uh, can open or the synced... There it is. But how, many, yeah.
3: but how many times have you seen the Miller Lite on the two uh, Kieslowski car of Team Penske this year? Not, Not enough. Times. Not enough. I don't think it's been once because they have cut their sponsorship... And oh. if you, if you will, if you noticed any Hamlin's car, he has to have it one week. But FedEx is not the primary sponsorship; mm-hmm. they are not on that car every single week anymore. That's surprising. Pretty- That's someone that I've. That's it's like it seems like every single week it's
0: FedEx. That like he just deter. Like it's ever. every
3: single week until this year. Yeah. So you know, I think. I don't know if it has anything to do with Denny Hamlin owning his own team now, with Michael Jordan with a twenty three eleven. It might have a little bit to do with it, but yeah, I found that kind of crazy. I think that um, well, even Joey Logano, he has Auto Trader a couple times in AAA mm-hmm. uh, insurance. So even Shell Pennzoil isn't the actual primary primary sponsor on that car. But you gotta you gotta you gotta fight for sponsorship in this business. It's cutthroat. It's expensive to run these cars. Like I said, each tire is about four to five hundred dollars, man. How many times do they change these tires? Every time they change tires, it's about two thousand dollars for the team. And they yeah. change tires about seven, eight, nine times a race. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous how much eight. money they they spend twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars a race just changing tires on top of fueling the hauler to get there, paying the employees. It is not a cheap sport, and this is why we see year after year why it's so hard to compete, and that's why I've been so high the last couple weeks on number 99, and Daniel Suarez and that track house team by Pitbull, and um, I can't remember his name right now, but they were doing a great job, and I love to see it. I love to see it, because as a fan dating back to damn near 15 years now, just right after, you know, Earnhardt passed, you know, rest in peace, Mr. Earnhardt. But at the end of the day, I've been in the sport for a while and I know how hard it is to compete. I specifically even got, you know, NASCAR uh, XM radio pretty much just to listen to. I got satellite radio pretty much because I wanted more NASCAR radio. You don't get you don't get any information on NASCAR at all. Any terrestrial radio will never play it. You either have to go to not uh, here in podcasts California. or you got to go to, you know. But they do a great job delivering MRN radio, PRN, a you know, couple guys over there. But nonetheless, man, I know how hard it is to compete in this sport. And that's why you got your top dogs. But when you can get a number 99 track house team or anybody smaller, uh, I mean, I respect it to all ends. And I hope that coming up in 2022, that this whole generation generation. What new next gen car, whatever they want to call it, feel like they've had the car of tomorrow, the six gen, the whatever. But I hope that this next car can really put the smaller teams more at an advantage at some of these tracks, other than Talladega and Daytona, because uh, I'd love to see the smaller teams be able to compete a little bit harder in this sport because uh, it's it, it's good for the fans, man.
0: You know, uh, going back to that twenty two car, the AAA. I know one race that he consistently raced there, and now we'll probably never see it again. is Is Fontana. It was kind of mm-hmm. weird to see him a couple years of in the red and the yellow, and all of a sudden, the first race we go to, as far as me and Sean is concerned, I'm like, oh shoot, Joey Logano's racing that uh, the red, white, and blue. And then, sure enough, like the next couple years, I think it's consistently he runs that color scheme uh, at Fontana, and
3: now That's crazy, he's gonna have that- to. That's crazy that you point that out, that you actually noticed that because it's true. He races all yeah. Penn's oil until he gets to that race. Yeah. And then I, I think mean, he's all Penn's oil again until he gets to Bristol, Bristol when he's like yeah. in an auto trader car sometimes. But that, yeah. that's a that's pretty good acknowledgement for yeah, some so guy that's not your me. driver
2: that's one that helps me distinguish drivers to be honest like the uniform on sports players it's always the color of the car that's like one thing i've done really good at i know mike he's good at with numbers but for me it's the color of the car i do really good with remembering a lot yeah. of the colors for these racers
0: so, sometimes i get confused with like blaney and lagana because sometimes they run similar schemes and yep. like, you know like the red and the yellow but that, that, going back to martinsville that's who um you know i'm kind of you know
1: going on what what Mark
0: said, but I'm going to Penske this weekend. You know, they've been doing really well the last couple of years, you know, the last six races, it's like, uh, Blaney and Logano are like up there as far as average finish is concerned. They're like all three of those guys are like within the top four, as far as recent history. So, and you know, they're coming off of a win in, at the Bristol Dirt Track with Joey Logano, right. his first win of the season. So I think that they're, they're they're racing really well. I think don't they have two straight wins now with Blaney and then Logano? So I think they're riding Correct. high. And there's uh, there's no reason why you you know they won't win this weekend.
3: Because Lowski this week, but nonetheless, <laughs> I mean, sweet. I, 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 that caught me so by surprise. I would have never thought. I mean, I know Logano's good at Bristol on pavement. Didn't know he was much of a dirt tracker, but geez, man. Huh. I mean, I mean, Did really man, well. that's why that's why I'm a fan of Logano, because I watched him one time on YouTube and go karts and he started dead last and man, he made it to the front by like pff, 10 laps. I was like, this guy is a wheel man. So yeah. started driving from my manufacturer, my beloved Carl Edwards, uh, left the sport, Casting left to Carl. the dark side in Toyota. And uh, shout out Bobby mm-hmm. out there, and uh, the Mo uh, got to meet Carl Edwards himself <laughs> in the Toyota dealership. But uh, if we can get you on Carl one day, uh, you see the signed—that'd
0: oh, be, uh, be a dream interview, right there.
3: I mean, that'd be for that—that'd that'd be awesome. We man. gotta that'd, make it happen, man. <laughs> we gotta make it happen, Captain. Hopefully, my guy Bobby out there in Missouri got uh-huh. a couple connections with Mister mm-hmm, Cousin Carl mm-hmm. doing backflips off the uh, the roof when he wins. Send
0: him, send him some flyers. But um, yeah, so, I, who do you guys, I, so if you guys were to make a pick based off of Mark, give us some odds for the race this weekend and then let's give him. a couple. Picks. I don't see him.
3: Oh, wow. I get, OK. Yeah. Hold on. Go ahead. Can you keep? I mean,
0: up. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really know who to pick. I mean, I could see I could see any of the Penske guys winning, you know, but then again, like Sean said, you know, Hamlin's got a handful of wins. So does Bush. So um, I always want to say it's a top dog, you know, but we've had some parody as far as winners are concerned. That's right. We've had plenty of people. We've had, what, seven or eight different winners so far this year. So who's to say that, you know, the 99 won't win or the 10 or, you know, shoot even the 11. You know, like guys who haven't won yet who should win, like the 2, the 11, the 18. Like who's to say that they won't win and make it eight different drivers in the first eight races. So we'll see. So we're looking
3: um, at the maximum pay relief, 500. Yeah. So the top or the EMU or whatever. Was we got Luke, Kyle
2: Luke,
3: Bush. Luke? Ky, uh, Kyle Bush at seven to two. Oh, my, Sean must have had the odds before me. He just <laughs> he just wasn't. <laughs> I had this right here. <laughs> oh, oh, he's taking the favorite. Okay. Go. Martin Truex, Good Brad test. Kislowski. That's that four that by Team Penske that we mentioned that could get that win. 11 to 2 Demi Hamlin six to one. Sean's driver chase Ellie. I see him as fifteen to two. I hate these crazy odds. It's kind of hard to break them down. Yeah. Two goes into fifteen about seven times, so you're looking a little bit better than seven, seven and, to one. Yep, seven and Joe a half. Look, so you got to get the yeah, like the uh, what the eighth grade algebra, the pre-algebra going. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta break them down, and it's trash because it just makes them so easy when it's an 8 to 110 to 12 to one, ten to one, twelve to one. Don't give me these twos and these threes and it's trash. But. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold up. Hold up. So I'm looking at old odds guys here. Oh, How Jesus. could this? Yes, I'm looking at old odds. Twenty twenty mm-hmm. Martinsville.
2: I just you know you're so on. So it's so,
3: so not only are we recording uh, when we have
0: a Saturday night race, but you can't even find what the hell is that?
2: That's nuts, bro.
3: What? That is nuts. And hey, that's
2: would... a bonkers.
3: 2021 blue emu. Sorry guys, let's uh cut that out. Uh, <laughs> Martin Truex Jr. to win. You got him at five to one. Chase Elliott at six to one. I knew Kyle Busch was too good to try to beat there <laughs> at the top, and I knew it was something fishy going on here. Brad Kozlowski yet still that Penske form. We're talking about six to one. Denny Hamlin seven to one. Right there along with Joey Logano starting on the pole. I like that. Seven to one. If you're going to be on the pole, you get that best pit stall at Martinsville, that paperclip short track. So I do like that. Blaney eight to one. Kyle Busch, Sean, you're getting double digits at twelve to one. There goes Geiger. There goes Batman. And there goes Casual Fling for tonight. You get <laughs> Kyle Larson at twelve to one also. So fourteen uh, 1401, Kevin Harvick. If you guys would have listened to the pre, uh, the pre. Um, Pre one hundred pre NASCAR episodes, I would told you that Kevin Harvick is gonna be, uh, you know, not a force to be reckoned with as much this year, which he isn't. Uh, William Byron twenty to one Bowman Bell, uh, and you're getting all these high digit uh, odds now. But guys, what do you say here? You think Martin Truex is gonna be able to beat Joey Logano on the pole? Uh or you're gonna uh, think that Danny Hamlin that has how many top fives out of how many races? I believe five out of six of races.
2: Five, no, 15, not half. Top, there's only one out of three races. Oh, you talking o- about
3: there's only season? one race Danny Hamlin has not got a top five in, I believe.
0: Uh just to cut in, Aaron, he's asked if we're still alive. Yeah, we uh we said goodbye to Alex for uh, our guest and we took about a ten, fifteen minute break, and now we're doing like the last little like twenty, thirty minutes of the episode. But uh What's Sean, up? go ahead.
2: No, uh going to what Mark said, I mean Kyle, like you know, he's right, you know, he kinda has that Harvick effect right now. They really haven't been a force to been reckoned with. And I think that's the reason why, you know, it could be the race they can get off the Schneid. I definitely like Chase, that's my guy. So I would either probably pick Chase or just to kinda pick someone that I normally really wouldn't pick the way he's been racing. I'd go with Kyle. So
3: Chase is on a hangover though, too, man.
2: Yeah. And that's what I'm starting to think too. I mean, Harvick dominated all of last season. Didn't win a championship. but He's still dominated. Hangover. With Hamlin. Yeah. Uh, are we going to have
3: him. an eight different winner? Though I think I'm going, okay, Mark. Or
0: where going to have a good Where are, are my numbers? A with
2: Hamler, where are my numbers with that? That's a good it's
3: bet. It's okay. So right now, Chase has not won a race. Chase okay. has not won a race but has not won a race. Hamlin has not won a race. Ooh. They are three out of your top five favorites right now to win this race. So we I could
0: think, be looking. I, I think if Hamlin's we, the one who's been knocking on the door as far as a win. He was right yeah. there with Logano. He made yeah, the bad move on that restart. Um, I think he gets the win. I think he's finally, he's knocking on the door. I think he gets the win. I think he's ha- going to have
3: to move out J-Lo out of the way, though, to get that win again. Of course, though.
0: of course. and you And you know how they drive against each other. They all say it's fun in games and stuff, but nah. Joe, Joe nice. and Danny Hamlin on the track are not friends. And I love seeing it.
3: I love it. It's a little bit different when they hit that pavement though, compared to that dirt. I don't think, uh, Hammond's going to cut him a little bit uh, slack, but we all know that Joey Logano did win his championship back in 2018 via being able to give that bumper to Mr. Martin Truex Jr. coming off that last turn at Martinsville, both of them going sideways to propel Joey Logano into the championship for Jim. Where he eventually, guys, don't forget this, comic bookie fans, where he eventually prevailed against the top three. And I believe it was Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, and uh Denny Ham oh no, no, Martin Wait, Truex Kyle Jr., Bush? Kevin Harvick, and Kyle Bush, the top three. Mr. Joey Lagana went to Homestead, Miami, and uh watched
2: it at your house, uh, Mike or movie, Mark,
3: baby. So uh Yeah. Congratulations. I think that uh this is gonna be you know I like Joey Logano this race. He's got that starting position. He's I think the race is going to be starting prominently at night. So you're not going to go through much of a transition change at the track where it goes from real daytime to nighttime and they really got to adjust. I think when once they start the race, I think it's already going to be to the ambient temperature where they're going to kind of be expecting the cars to be performing at their best at. So. To tell you the truth, I, I like them, man. I like them with that first pit stall. I think pit stall has a lot to do with it when it comes to a track mm-hmm. like this.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and, it starts uh, at
3: seven thirty, right? So pretty much
0: you got seven thirty is like
3: right about the time the
0: sun's going down. So you're gonna have the same the same feel on the track the whole race. The whole maybe a half an hour, maybe closer to eight o'clock. Not sure how the sun sets in the uh, on the East Coast, but yeah, it's gonna be a fun ass race, dude.
3: Definitely, and. uh I'd be looking right. definitely for Logano, but you know what? I do like Hamlin as well, and you know, I'd actually be looking Hey, why the hell not? Put a couple bucks on your you know, on your tax money on one of these drivers that haven't won a race yet. Hamlin, Kozlowski, Elliott, all top there. Why not, man? If this happens, okay. if we if we get a situation
0: where the first nine or ten races we have nine or ten different race, uh, we're gonna run into a, we're gonna run into a situation to where like how many different ra- uh, winners do you think we're gonna have? If we have the first eight races with eight different winners, how the hell are we gonna? not end up with six with 17 different winners it would like do double man you think, digits, gonna, man. Do you think so. we're going to get to a point where you're going to have like you know the Larsons, the loganos and the hamlins and that, like, they're going to start winning a bunch of races the Truexes, Kezlowskis keselowski's so we're only going to end up with like 14 or 15 different winners like how do you think it's going to shake out
3: i think it's going to shake out what's going to make it shake out is the damn you know the the, the road courses the Matt damn Roberts- you know the the question marks that we got going into this season we had how many road courses last season was it 2 or or no we yeah. had the day,
2: last,
0: yeah. two or three
3: yeah. now it's like seven it was seven. two it
0: was uh it was the Daytona and the Charlotte that's all it's they had they didn't have that's Sonoma it. they didn't have uh uh Watkins Glen and now they have what seven
3: now they got seven they got uh Coda Circuit of the Americas they're going to go up to um Road I mean, America. They're gonna yeah. go come back here to Sonoma in June, and that's what's gonna really gonna be the wild card because you're gonna be able to see a Matt De Benedetto win one of those races. You're actually gonna be able to see, you know, uh, uh Eric Jones maybe be able to do something. Uh, Daniel Suarez that's been running crazy, but when you go to Michael McDowell again, I mean, if Michael McDowell wins another race in a road course, he i mean i kind of think the thunder is kind of and the steam is kind of melted off of him but if he can do something else i think that and win another race that's one less position again for another driver so you got to start thinking about these drivers like maybe a lower tier driver getting uh double wins right because of all Mm -hmm. these road courses
0: yeah true but it's gonna be a fun one saturday night so let's get into the final uh you know the final segment of the, tonight's show. We're going to go ahead and collide this last bit of the p- podcast with sports and now comics. Uh, technically, comics. I mean, eh, it's a little bit of entertainment. So mm-hmm. all three of us watched Godzilla versus King Kong. Uh, it came out last week on like Wednesday, like Tuesday or extra, Wednesday. So extra. we all were we were all um, uh, we all took the opportunity to watch it that weekend. So what do you guys think of it? Um, I me personally, I thought it was good. Um, I would probably t- uh, I don't know I I might take the most recent Godzilla, the king of the monsters over it, just because we only saw like two, eh, two and a half, three monsters in this whole movie, yeah. where it, as in the king of the monsters, you saw like, you know, a dozen different monsters. So yeah. it was good. I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't, you know, and then the ending kind of like, I, I didn't know. Someone told me it was like, oh yeah, that's how the original story was or whatever. Like the, you know, the mechanical, like the robot. I had no idea mm-hmm. me watching it live. Didn't do it for me. I was hoping it was going to be a, an actual monster. It was cool, but yeah, it just didn't do it for me.
2: Yeah, I'm like you. Uh, I definitely liked it. A very fun, entertaining movie. And I'm. this is like my little bias. I love the movies with the Titans, the Godzillas, mm-hmm. the King Kongs, yeah. especially Godzilla and King Kong. Those are the two most popular that we know of. So for them to come together and to even have a little epic, you know, couple of battles and then to kind of get the backstory into why Godzilla is acting how he's acting I mean, CGI through the roof with Godzilla, Kong going from boat to boat in the beginning when they're fighting. You know, you see the relationship between Kong and the young, you know, the little girl speaking sign language. So it definitely had a little bit of everything. The one thing that I did see is actually the biggest opening. Uh, what is it? How do they say it? It is the largest viewing audience for any HBO Max movie since it launched at 3.6 million viewers for the opening sunday i want to say that's international too no that's actually just u.s oh wow nice just u.s so i did see that which is pretty awesome and i mean i you know in the end i just think it's because it's such a neutral movie it's not a hero movie it's not that it's just kind of like oh king kong godzilla everyone knows King Kong Mm -hmm. Godzilla. So it makes it really appealing. But no, I think overall, like how we've talked about it outside of the podcast, like a good seven or eight. Like it was a fun, cool movie. There's been better, but I just think the idea that Kong and Godzilla were on one movie screen together, that's what made it pretty badass. Yeah,
0: I mean, if you have HBO Max, watch it. You know, it's, 100%. Like those, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, come on, sit down for two hours, watch the movie. You know, it's it's, it's got some kick ass action, uh, decent acting, a decent story. But yeah, it's it's definitely worth a watch. And then if you are fortunate enough to have theaters open, whether you rent a whole theater to yourself out or you can go ahead and sit in a bubble or whatever, then watch it, too. You know, it's definitely one of those ones where I would love to see it in the theaters, but I am going to I'm going to guess that. My first theater experience is going to be July for Black Widow. I think I'm going to wait out until then.
3: No. That 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 train is gone for me, man. Isn't that excited for Black what, the theater, Widow. the I theater
0: theater experience or the Black Widow yeah, excitement.
3: The, no. The theater not not the theater experience, the Black Widow theater experience. Well,
0: what movie would you want to see first in the theaters then?
3: <sighs> first in the theaters, man. You guys know me. I'm not the the hugest mo- movie buff on this podcast. N- 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 to say the least. But uh I mean
0: Mortal Kombat would be cool. That's like what sometime later this month or in May that's or something.
2: The 23rd actually. I seen that commercial yeah. right before we started. I could so I wait. Good one too. I
3: could wait. I I could give it. You know what? At this point, man, give me till 2022 because HBO Max, they are not going to be releasing these uh, films simultaneously uh, on HBO Max and theaters. This is something they're just going to run through 2021. Uh, I don't know if they're going to change their plans in the future, guys. But what I've read that uh, it's only for 2021 and not going beyond that. So that's good as it should. Why? You're an HBO Max subscriber.
0: Yeah, I know. But you're but. What I'm saying is, if it's if if it's a dual experience, that's exactly what they should do. Are are you saying that come 2022, it's it's not going to be at HBO Max? It's going to be strictly in theaters.
3: Is if that what you're it saying? It is going to be on HBO Max. It's probably going to be uh kind of like a Disney Plus where you got to pay right twenty something bucks and that, or.
0: And that's that's the perfect thing. You're gonna have people who are dying to go back to the theaters, and then if mm-hmm. you have someone who's subscribed to HBO Max, you have a monthly uh, fee, and then you have someone paying thirty or forty dollars because people are gonna justify it to themselves. Okay, myself, my wife, and my daughter are gonna go watch this movie either way. The thirty dollars, forty dollars, that takes care of just the tickets. You know that doesn't include. I get to save money on the popcorn, on the soda, yeah. on the candy, on the booze for mom and dad. You know, so yeah for sure it's that's it's that's genius. I with, love what Disney's doing.
2: With and the exception on, of COVID, yeah, I agree with you, bro. You can't make these movies free like forever. You know, yeah. I mean,
0: it, people it, it's a business. You got to make the money back. Yeah. They're still spending tens or hundreds of millions of dollars making these movies, aka Black Widow, over I think it's well over 200 million dollars with all the, you know, CGI and the action
2: sequences and stuff going on. So they have to make their money back. So, and it's the experience too, what you said, Mike. I mean, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, King Kong, I'd be the first to say that's definitely a theater movie. <laughs> I mean, without a for doubt, sure. it's a theater movie. Black Widow, it's a theater movie. It's like Endgame coming out or freaking, you know, all these just movies, you know, you want to watch them in theaters. And yeah. I don't know, I think it will be good for them to definitely have a platform similar to how Disney has it. If there's a, some sort of pass, you pay a little bit of extra, then so be it, but... Hey, I'm definitely going to enjoy it this year. Don't get me wrong. We got Space Jam. We have Mortal Kombat. We've already had a whole bunch of fun movies on HBO Max come out for free. So we'll definitely enjoy it while we can.
0: Yeah. And I mean, um, so that's pretty much it. Uh, To round out the podcast, there's two things that are going on this weekend that we don't really get a chance to talk about, just like with major events. But I will be probably tuning into most of WrestleMania, actually. My wife she watches that Total Bellas uh TV show. She's obsessed with she's obsessed with the twins and even though we kind of agreed it was maybe not uh deserved because they were in for so I, I don't know maybe it's like you know they're um their imprint not only on the sport itself but outside it could have been the reason why they became hall of famers but they the bella twins been. became hall of famers uh and it was actually they did 2020 and 2021's class so they were last year's class as well so if they had a wrestlemania and everything like that they would have had they would have been in last year so all you had to do is pay ten dollars and you got four months of the peacock prime and you watched Everything to do with WrestleMania, you got the Hall of Fame thing and you got the two different days, Saturday and Sunday of WrestleMania. So I think that's pretty cool. I mean It's so only, on, t- only 10 bucks.
2: WrestleMania is going to be a two day event this year. Yes. Yeah, Saturday again,
0: Saturday and Sunday this weekend, April 10th and the 11th. Yeah. And uh, and, and then the other event is the Masters. So the oh, Masters, Masters is a huge thing, even even though you don't have Tiger Woods this year, which is very unfortunate. But still, you have a big event that's now going to be uh, uh, played, and I think there's going to be fans It's down in Georgia. I would expect fans to be there. So two big things that we don't usually talk about, golf and wrestling, but two huge events that we can't not mention as we round the podcast out.
2: And there's one thing I can't go without mentioning, which I've seen on Twitter late yesterday that I don't even know why I didn't text my brothers about. Uh, the Rock did confirm that filming started today for Black Adam. I did see that because I saw the whole thing when they announced uh, Pierce Brosnan. I think yes, within sir. that
0: article, they said that, oh, we're going to start filming within the next week or two. So, hell yeah, kudos. Let's freaking go with, with Black Adam. But, um... Mark, if you wanted to talk about either WrestleMania or the Masters real quick, I'm done with episode 107. Take it away, dude.
3: Jordan Spieth, 9-1, to one, your favorite, which is kind of uh, incredible. Um, the way he's been playing these last couple of years, not really up to par. <laughs> No, All you needed was that win
2: last week, though, bro. That's, a, that's a, the funny thing about this whole thing. But that you
3: don't, I but us assess comic bookies, and us as trying to deliver the best content to the fans out there, if you guys have stuck with us through these hours that we've been going on, this is a pretty long podcast. Once again, thank you to Alex, the owner of Treasure Island Comics. But yes, man, I mean it's been a little bit of a long time here. But if you've stuck with us, you'll know that sometimes it's, it just doesn't work that way. And there's no value in a 9-to-1 just because he won. Last week, Dustin Johnson at a 10 to 1, Justin Thomas, 10 to 1, Bryson DeChambeau, 12 to 1, John Rahm, 13 to 1, Rory, 17 to 1. Now we're starting to get into a little bit of more value that I'd be more reluctant to be looking into. You got Xander Shaffely my guy, 22 to 1.
2: That's I'm, your looking boy.
3: At, I'm looking at him. I know you're looking at Tony Fing now, Sean, 25 to 1. Uh, Mike you're probably looking at more of a Lee Westwood or a Webb Simpson at a thirty five or a forty-five to one, but uh Why is that? What,
2: um Lee Westwood. <laughs> I, like mean, yes, wide, I, mean, widest I mean the the whitest name on the freaking on the yeah, tour. UK hey, counter. Where's my boy VJ?
3: Your boy VJ Singh, you got him right here at uh I just saw him actually. <laughs> at VJ a step Singh. away from
2: the senior tour. Where's my boy VJ? VJ,
3: VJ Singh.
2: Where's VJ? Yeah, keep scrolling down. I know. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) H2.
3: (laughs) I don't even see him on the board. I thought I saw him. He's maybe he didn't even make the cut, man. But nah, it's gonna be a little <laughs> lackluster without our guy, uh, Tiger Woods. Shout out Tiger Woods for driving 87 on that 45. Ooh, what, <laughs> there, I saw that what out there on. in Palos Verdes. So, uh, <laughs> you're lucky you didn't hit a couple more follows as you went down the embankment, <laughs> but it is what it is, my guy. You're not playing heel up, T, uh, T Woods, uh. Let's see, man, but I'm looking for some uh, as the comic bookie fans here and the comic bookie host always try to deliver the fans a little bit of value. Look for um, look for these 22s and 20s to ones. I'll be looking at Shafali. Give me a Royal McElroy at 17, even a ROM at 13 to one. I believe he just had a baby. His wife delivered. So uh, he's got that dad, uh, that dad aura going on behind him right now. So, yeah. I'm not looking at Spieth. I'm not looking at Johnson. I'm not even looking at Thomas, man. Give me a DeChambeau and on. So, uh, yeah, let's go. A tradition like none other, baby.
0: All right. Well, let's – and then before I hand it over to Sean, uh, shout out to – Sweet! The NWO making the Hall of Fame. Our boy Kane making the Hall of Fame. Rob Van Dam. uh, Just – classic you know classic wrestlers from our era making the hall of fame this year so congrats to them i might tune in every now and then to a couple matches there's like a triple threat match or whatever for like the whatever the hell belt is called but sean take us away 107 it was really fun uh we're about two hours and eight minutes but with the break we're about an hour and 50 minutes so thank you so much for joining us folks sean take it away man
2: super fun episode thank you obviously to treasure island comics as well as alex for the great great interview as it always is Comic bookies, guys. You guys know we come in week in and week out, climbing the world of sports and comics, and we appreciate everyone that was able to come on live, whether it was on YouTube or on Twitch. Keep checking us out, man. Uh, every week we're going to be doing what we're doing. Uh, we actually have a birthday coming up in a month for Mike, so who knows? Maybe we'll have a surprise on that day for you guys. You never know. Uh, get your Disneyland reservations. Make sure you're a family of three and not four. They ain't letting you ass in. Uh, and, again, just keep Stupid. checking out. Yeah, I know Mike ain't happy. (laughs) But just keep checking out the comic bookies, guys. You guys know the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, the whole nine. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And, yes, I did find out we have another country. So I can't wait till Mike lets us know what it is.
3: But we're going to hand it over to Mark. <laughs> oh,
0: man,
2: dude,
1: <laughs> sorry. Are you Excuse ready, me. Mark?
3: <laughs> dude, it's springtime spring around here, man. You see the wind kicking up and this damn yeah, allergies
2: Mine's getting season. worse and worse. Hey, it's hey. all that green, and it ain't grass.
3: But
2: the problem had, is...
0: I never the... had allergies, and like uh, starting like six years ago, every year it just kept getting worse and worse, and now I'm dying. My eyes have been itching all, like all night tonight, so sorry,
3: Mark, go ahead, take it away. But the problem is that... We're gonna go into another drought here, guys. If you haven't heard, we haven't been getting uh, we yep, haven't rain. been getting much wit- uh rain in the Northern yeah. Bay Area, even though the snowpack. I think Sean's made it to the snow more than any other comic bookie host on this podcast. So if Why you'd I like to tell early. us, if you have the snowpack report for the comic bookies, uh, Northern Californian guys out here, but. Now, nonetheless, dude, it, it, it's been crazy, but uh, I hope we don't go into a drought. My allergies have been kicking up lately. I do not have COVID, guys. Um, I am not currently getting the vaccine at this point. <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> do not roll your eyes, Mr. Michael Biella, because uh, that's my Chang'e, decision. Me and go tomorrow. Decision uh Banana. because uh if it's gonna be like influenza and i gotta get it every damn year uh it makes no sense to me but uh nonetheless i feel safe mike uh thank you brother um and uh yeah comic bookies at gmail.com like sean said comic bookies on twitter and instagram thank you everybody that joined us live thank you alex it's uh fun always fun so uh Let's go, man. Let's see a little bit of uh, let's see a hole-in-one this week.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, to round out the podcast, I'd like to let everyone know we have a new country on the Comic Bookies passport. We have the country of New Zealand. So thank you very much to the one person in Hawks Bay, badass region of New Zealand, uh, to download the podcast. Thank you so much. And just to round it out, you know, you've heard all the spiel about the Twitter and, and all those things, but um, we had a great interview last week with Casey Pratt, a great interview this week with Alex from Treasure Island Comics. We have another interview next week, and we already have another interview on the 28th, so I would love, love, love to have five straight weeks all of April and... To be, you know, having people in sports and comics on the Kamboogies podcast. So if you know anybody writing a book, coloring a book, anything, anybody in sports media, shout them out and tell them to hit us up, dude. Because I am looking for someone to jump on the podcast with us on the twenty first. And that that that's been amazing to me because we haven't had too too many interviews, but to get five straight interviews and to get that much exposure for the show, I'm really excited for what's the future to come. I hope cons come back this summer, and I'm super super excited. So for Mark and for Sean and for Alex from TI comics, this has been the comic bookies podcast live recording of one Oh seven. Enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics and enjoy each other. Peace the hell out. Barbecue something again this weekend.
3: Peace. Peace. And always enjoy each other. A tradition like none other comic bookie fans. Enjoy this weekend. Enjoy your loved ones. We love you. Let's go, baby.
0: Here comes the cease and desist. We love you guys. There it is. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)